With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Now, hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls, a podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Well, we are top of the league. That is what I'm taking out of the gate. Nice dancing there, lads. Nice dancing. You'll see that if you watch the video. But I've got to say, it was not a great performance, but a sign of a quality team and it's still ridiculously early is picking up those three points where you don't play well. I've been joined by Matt Lanzi to help talk about the match tonight. Hi, Matt. Good evening, Paul. And I've also been joined by Alex Everson. Hi, Alex. Paul, I think this might be the longest unbeaten run ever for Elm Park Rolls. I think it might be. Yeah. I mean, anything above three is uh, pretty much, <laughs> you start to consider it, don't you? But yeah, amazing. Our best start to the season since 1985. That is quite amazing. And yes, I am so old, I can remember it. And no, I wasn't drinking. I was not that age by that point. But let's talk about the game tonight. Lucas Jow did us three points with a fantastic technique there. But let's first look at the first half. Now, Matt, that wasn't very pretty, was it? Um, I think putting it nicely. <laughs> um any game where you're looking at a big fat zero, not only on the shots on target, but the shots in total. Um, I don't quite know how it's not counted. Mate's depth in the first half. But I mean, even if it's one, one shot against Wickham, you're never going to be that happy. But I mean, we were playing an ugly team. You know, it was always going to be an ugly game. Um, but it was pretty dismal. <laughs> There's no real way to sugarcoat that first half. No, there definitely wasn't. And for me, Gareth Ainsworth, I mean, I'm sure he's a nice bloke and everything, but he's a bit of a poor man's Neil Warnock with his tactics, isn't he? It's a kind of really horrible time-wasting, Alex. And it was there was so much irony at the end when he was moaning about us time-wasting. I mean, Gareth. he's... Yeah, he said... I mean, I get it, because he sets Wickham up to obviously try and utilise the... I guess not strengths, but he, he's trying to basically shorten the game and... and Get get less time, less ball, less of the ball on the pitch, you know, during the actual match, which makes sense when you've got such a gap in quality, um, and you didn't really see that gap in quality necessarily during the first half. Wickham didn't really create anything. Let's be honest, um, first or second half, but first half, any of the chances that they did have were from outside the area. Um, there was a, it was just very scrappy, and I think. I mean, I said it while we were discussing during the game and I think that Wickham are just going to be one of those teams that a lot of teams play this season and they're probably going to end up putting in one of their worst performances of the season but still winning against Wickham uh, because it's just going to be one of those teams where Wickham are going to drag a lot of teams down to their level. They're going to be very, very in your face. They're going to be very direct. Um, Although they weren't necessarily direct, but they're going to be just, I guess, high press, very kind of, quick pace, um, keep the game not moving, but um, keep the game kind of getting broken up by fouls, throwing set pieces, whatever they can do to basically 
stop the other opposition from playing. And they did that well tonight during the first half. And we've definitely struggled to get into the game. Really? I mean, Wickham, as like you say, the, the quality of their shooting um, was dire, really, really poor. You can see why they're a team that essentially finished eighth last season in League One. But I kind of, yeah, I did want to get that one in, definitely. But I just got to say, it's a kind of, the performance from Yaku Meite, um, the astonishing miss at the end of the first half. But I've got to move on to a moment when Ijari is through on goal. He's not offside, but he actually tackles Ijari. I'm not sure. And then Meite claims a penalty when he's actually been tackled by Ijari. What was going on there, Alex? I mean, Meite definitely didn't see Ajara because I think Ajara's kind of come in from behind him um, as Meite's running in on running in on goal, but he's offside, and Jaria is basically behind him. You can tell that Meite can't see him, and I think Meite's basically felt someone touch him, gone down, and assumed that he's a Wiccan player, um, and he's claimed that pe- he's claimed for a penalty when obviously clearly he's it's not. Um, yeah, if Meite if Meite had you know, got out of the way, or if Ajari had probably caught, like, I'm assuming that Ajari doesn't call for the ball there, and that's part of the issue, is that he's not called properly, and Meite would have left it otherwise. Um, but yeah, running into each other, falling over, at the, what was it, at the start of the second half, it, it definitely looked like when you saw that, it was kind of a, one of those moments where you think, oh, this is not going to go well, we're, we're really struggling here. Um, and you could see them both afterwards, just sitting on the floor, just kind of pounding the floor, and it just didn't, yeah, it just didn't look very good. Yeah, I was concerned at that point because when you see moments like that in a match, Matt, you think, oh no, please don't be one of those nights when we give Wickham their first ever point in the championship, or even worse, do something suicidal at the back. Oh, absolutely. And I think it would be so almost in tune with how we've been for the past four or five years or longer. You know, we're, like it, it would all, you, you know, if it was a nil nil, we'd be saying, oh, here we go, stereotypical Reading going down the uh, the same route as years ago. It'll probably be the same, you know, downward spiral from here. But yeah, you know, you you need a bit of luck on your side, and um, it didn't seem to be with us in that first half, certainly. Any luck though? I mean, some of the passing was really poor. Um, it was hard to find any real positives. I mean, nobody was absolutely abysmal. Let's put it in perspective here. We have still come away with three points. But in that first half, we cannot slip back into those standards because if we've got Rotherham on Saturday, you kind of think Rotherham are not a fantastic team, but they will be a bit better, surely, Alex, than that. You'd imagine so. Rotherham uh, are definitely a higher quality team than Wickham. And we're not going to be able to get away with being quite so sloppy on the ball. Uh, there was a lot of slips and kind of mistakes in that, especially in the first 20, 25 minutes. I mean, I mean, Jao must have slipped eight times in the first 25 minutes. And I don't even think that's an exaggeration, particularly. We can't really afford to do that against, I mean, yes, Rotherham aren't a great team. They're not going to get promoted out of the championship, but we can't afford to do that against a team which are going to be better than Wickham, realistically. Um, I think we... We didn't necessarily get away with one tonight, but we definitely should be looking to see improved performances going forwards. Yeah, it's the second game when we've had far more possession than the opposition and we've kind of struggled. I mean, I didn't watch all the meals for a match, but do you think that's a fair point then, Matt? We lack a little bit in midfield against the teams that sit back and 
not so much sit back, but make it very, very tight in that space. Um, possibly, but Yapstan would be unbelievably proud of them. That's that's one thing for certain. <laughs> Having no <laughs> shots in the first half, and what was it? It was like sixty-seven percent possession in the first half. He would be, he would be just oh, literally in dreamland. <laughs> um, but oh, I, I just think it, I, I honestly just think it was one of those games. You know, like are we like we are lacking creativity slightly but i mean i think we have created chances in the past so so i do think that one thing is with the kind of i guess lack of shots going forwards is we're not conceding any shots at the back either it's mm. not as if we're getting battered like we did under the abstam a lot of the time when we were playing um when we were playing kind of with the Abstam as, as the manager, especially that season in the playoffs, we were getting very fortunate and we were winning games 1-0, but actually we were giving up a lot of shots all the time. This year, we have just given up zero shots. Zero, oh, I say zero shots, that's not true, but zero good quality chances. It feels like that, yeah. It feels like that. And we have, we still haven't conceded from open play and we're six games mm. in. Um, and uh, to be honest, I mean, I've said it on multiple podcasts now we've done this season. I don't think we've even really given up a good chance from open play. Yeah, mm. um, yeah. I, I can't think of one save realistically where I think Raphael's had to make a really outstanding save to keep us at, um, at, at, like you know at a clean sheet. The only moment really has been the Middlesbrough game when Moore cleared it off the line, and that's kind of it. Mm. And if you if you're doing that in these games when yes you might be struggling going forward slightly, if you're not giving up any chances at the back, then realistically you're in the game. And as we saw tonight, you only really need that one piece of quality going forwards um, and you can win 1-0. And even then, if you don't win 1-0, but you haven't, given up any sh- you haven't given up any higher quality chances, the likelihood is you're probably going to keep a clean sheet and get a 0-0. And if you're getting 0-0s, 1-0s, you know, you're not going to be low down the table at the end of the season. I think I think it's the main thing, obviously, about about this team. Like 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 you say, it's well, we're building it the right way. You know, we we've been woeful defensively for far too long. You know, Mark Bowen was saying it. You know, when he came in last year, we've far too long. We've been an easy team. We've been a walkover team, and under un, under Valco, you know, well, Mark Bowen set the foundations last year very much so, but Valco is he's almost taken that on and gone further you know we weren't creating huge amount under Bowen let's be honest so it's not like we've we're all of a sudden you know not creating under Valco you know it's kind of been that way for a while he's just continuing that and kind of improving on that because to be fair the chances we're making we're not scoring from you know 25 yards to win 1-0 you know some of the chances we score you know Jao was effectively one-on-one today yes it was a brilliant bit of individual skill to get there but you know we're still crafting good opportunities you know and converting them so it's not like we're scoring freak goals yes the you know the statisticians upon um among the um twitter world might might look at it and think that you know we're we're massively overperforming but at the end of the day are we are we really because i mean yeah i i do i do agree if you have I agree to an extent. If you have good quality chances, yes, you will win games. We aren't necessarily creating that many good quality chances, but again, as you said, defensively we are better. And um, last season we conceded what 50, 58 goals last season. 
which actually in the grand scheme of things, when you look at the rest of the table, isn't too bad. I think it's just, it's, a, it's pretty much average for the league. Um, but if you can improve that 58 goal conceded down to, say, around 40, which, you know, at the minute we're trending that kind of direction, if you only conceded 40 goals across the season, the likelihood is you're going to finish in the top six or seven teams because you're just not going to lose enough games to, to finish low down. Um, however many good chances you create, you're just not going to need to score that many goals to to do well. And frankly, if we if we end up if we end up only scoring fifty five goals this season or fifty eight goals or something, but we only concede thirty five or forty, then frankly, we're probably going to do pretty well. Yeah, well, looking at what Panovic has said after the match, he says he's learned a lot from it, and he's also saying about the impact of Semedo coming on and Estevez. We'll come to that in a moment, but let's talk about that goal from uh, Lucas Jow. What a pass as well. Mm-hmm. You've got to say, I'm pretty sure it's from Liam Moore, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. he's done that a few times this season. It's not actually the first time he's kind of like put that long pass in. And it's a beautiful touch, isn't it, Matt, for that goal? Oh, it's, it was it was a fantastic, obviously, pass from Moore, but fantastic individual skill and strength from Jow to hold off, hold off the defender, basically beats both of them as well because he, he had two defenders on him beats them no ends up and it, it, it was just the pace of the shot was it right in the corner no but I mean like the keeper probably didn't do himself many favours trying to dive down for it why he did that I don't know it just stuck a leg and he would have saved it a better keeper you might say might have saved it but I mean the skill from him to get there the pass from more I mean we he does like to do those long ranging crossfield balls and balls up to up to you know Jao Meite to try and head down so it's not not the first time we've seen it. You know, we know he's a good passer on the ball um, up, up to the front men. But, I mean, what Zhao gives you, it, like, you know, we've we, we, we've talked about it time and time again, but he didn't have his best game today. But the one, pretty much the one really good thing he did today, he scored. And that that's all you can ask. What did you think of the goal then, Yeah, it's a very high quality goal. Um, you know, Zhao takes it down. And as Matt said, his strength pretty much gives him that goal um, again it's a the pass from Liam Moore is, is pretty good it's a long long range pass and frankly it's probably not the kind of football in inverted commas that you necessarily want to see um, you know it's not pretty to just knock it long and score from it but actually no one really cares once the ball's in the net so um, it's I'm not really too bothered how it came about it was a good pass from Moore it's not the first time we've seen the defence try that, though, this season. And I've noticed it quite a few times from Raphael as well, where Raphael is taking a quick, you know, quick ball from his hands and trying to knock it long to Zhao um, and get Zhao to control it and, and try and beat teams on a quick transition. It's definitely, the fir- it's definitely not the first time we've seen it. So it doesn't surprise me that we've scored that way eventually. Um, from a long ball and, and Jao basically just kind of muscling his way through. I, I think it's, I guess it's kind of reminiscent of one of the Barnsley red cards when Jao would have been through against the keeper. Again, that was kind of a long ball from Raphael. And I think this more pass was in a similar kind of vein. He's, he's knocked it long on the intention of if Jao manages to bring it down with 20 yards from goal, as opposed to being where more was you know, 60 yards away from goal or something. So um, it was a very, yeah, good good piece of skill from Zhao. And yeah, the keeper's not really done very well with it. But then, as I said earlier in the podcast, Wickham are 
pretty low quality team. It's not really that surprising that the keepers struggled. No, I'm not surprised by the fact they're definitely going to go down. I think if anyone's had a bet on them having less than 35 points, I think they're going to be quitting. <laughs> so I cannot see them getting to 35 points. There's a few other players to like talk about from tonight as well. Um, Ovi Ajaria. Now, he seems to have hit that slightly kind of in-between zone where he's at. He also seems determined to swerve left, then hit a right-foot shot. And he likes that move a lot. And quite often, he drags it wide. I'm, I know I'm saying this, and he's going to do it on Saturday, and he's going to score, and he's going to make me a mug. And I look forward to that moment. Also, Omar Richards had a little bit of a kind of scrappy match for him, a little bit kind of... Lack of concentration, the ball bouncing over his head in the second half, over his foot. But those are the kind of games these young players like Ovi Ajaria and Omar Richards learn from and move forward. Let's not kind of like start putting them down or anything. They've put in excellent performances this season as well, and they could be good very again soon. But what did you think of their performances there, Matt? Um, yeah, yeah. Well, pretty much echoing what 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 you said, really. You know, it's that that they're young, they're young players still, you know, we we all know OV's been here for, you know, effectively, you know, two seasons soon, you know, come January, you know, effectively, even though he's just signed effectively. Um, he's been here for a long time, but he's still only 21 still, you know, he's going to have games like that. Omar's the same, you know, were they, were they good tonight? No, not really. But I mean, you know, they will, they will have games like that. You know, Omar's probably been one of the best left backs in, in, in the league so far this season. Some people even saying one of the best players in the league, you know, so far this season. Um, it was it was just one of those games where, you know, nothing really was happening across the pitch. You know, you'll have them. You'll have them across the season. I, I think the main thing is that, you know, that we, we've, we've still come out of this with, with, with a win and they will learn from this. What kind of performance did you take from tonight there, Alex? The kind of, who would stand out for you as your man of the match from the game? Well, man of the match is a real tough one. Um, I don't really have a standout performer, but definitely someone who I was quite impressed by when they came on was Semedo. I think he, when he picks the ball up and moves with the ball, he, he definitely has the intention of moving forwards with it. And he, he seems to find a lot of space when he's on the ball. And but yeah, I was very impressed with Semedo when he came on. Um, Estevez's debut was promising, I would say. It'll be interesting to see him in future games. I'm not sure if he will be in for Saturday or not. Let's wait and see, I guess. Um, but it was good to see him come on. He does look uh, talented, you've got to say. Um, and I, we did, I mean, we scored, what was it, four or five minutes after he came on. And obviously Wickham had to come forwards and it gave him a little bit more space when he was on the ball going forwards then. So it's not maybe surprising that he looked slightly more attacking than Tom Holmes did tonight, but um, will be good. it'll be good to see him in future games, I think. So, a man of the match, I'm not really, yeah, I, I'm not really sure I'd be able to pick one out. I'd probably just have to go with Zhao for the fact that he got the winner, but um, if I was to pick someone else, I'd probably say Liam Moore, in all mm -hmm. honesty. We didn't necessarily uh, um, play that well going forward, so it's difficult to pick any of the kind of creative players, but again, defensively, we, we did look pretty solid. I don't, we didn't give up any chances inside the box once again. Um, and all of Wickham's shots were from long range. And I, yeah, I think, I think that Liam Moore was pretty, pretty good, pretty good performer tonight. 
Yeah, just before you um, uh, say anything there, Matt, I'm sure you're going to say Lucas Jarrell anyway. So um, uh, I'm going to say that um, if you should check out our new website, we've upgraded it massively. Thanks to Dave Stevens. He'll probably be listening to this. So uh, you're awesome. And uh, now go to the EPR shop where you can buy our posters, mugs. And if you want an app shirt, as long as you want large, you're in. Anything else, you can't be, not be getting one. But... <laughs> We are now opening that up. So it'd be really good if you go and check it out. 51106 posters. We're really happy with that. And they've been going really well today. So if you want one, go and have a look. We also take Apple Pay. We take Google Pay. And you can also play via a credit card as well. So getting back to the coming up in the games we've got in the future, we've got three matches. Uh, we've got Rotherham on Saturday. We've got Blackburn. And then we've got Coventry. Obviously, a few of those are going to be on Sky. Well, the Coventry one is anyway. Um, so what are we saying then, Matt? Are we going to say, are we going to be bold? And it would be really bold to go nine points, but I know that's in your brain right now. Are you going to say it? Well, we've got five. We've got five wins already out of six. We're unbeaten. How can we not <laughs> keep the positivity? I'm going to roll with it as long as we've got. Um, <laughs> no, oh, in all seriousness, say, think... say nine points. Oh, just say it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I think I, I'd rather I think anything else than than a win. I think you would be upset with. I think Blackburn. It's going to be a tough game, you know. I think, I, and are we? We're, we're away as well, aren't we? I think. Yeah, Blackburn are twelfth at the moment. Uh, Rotherham are in sixteenth, so they've got six points from six matches, mm. and then obviously we got Coventry as well, and they're pretty much similar as well. They're eighteenth as we speak. That's all we could change by then. They've got five points. I would like to point out yet again, we've got sixteen from uh, six matches, and we are top of the table. I'm not going to tire of saying that. But Alex, what are you predicting from those three upcoming matches? Um, I think we will get seven points. Mm. I think we'll we will get a draw against Rotherham on Saturday. People are going to panic. Ooh, that's um, a surprise one. I wasn't expecting that couple. I I actually think Rotherham are a better team than Blackburn, uh, which may be a little Whoa. bold. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> just just big based, statement. Just based on <laughs> how how they've played this season so far, Blackburn have had two good results so far this season. They beat Wickham 5-0 when Wickham were down to 10 men, which, as we've seen tonight, Wickham are not that good. And they beat Derby 4-0, which, given that Derby are in the bottom three at the minute, I'm not all that impressed by, I have to say. Apart from that, they haven't really done much, I think, personally, uh, just yet. I mean, just looking at the results, I think they lost to Forest last night, or they drew to Forest. They drew to Forest. No, sorry, they lost to Forest last night. They drew nil nil to Cardiff, uh, and they've lost to Bournemouth. Like, I don't, I just don't really think much of Blackburn. I think we'll beat Blackburn, and I, I haven't really been that impressed with Coventry either. Yet they're conceding, you know, a number of goals. They're struggling to score. I think they've only scored. They haven't scored more than one goal in a game yet this season. Um, apart from the opening day against QPR. And we all know that QPR's defence is basically a sieve. So I think we'll beat Coventry on Sky, which is what, next Friday night, I think it is. It's been moved. Um, yeah, yeah, because we've obviously got now got those three games coming up in a very quick succession as well. So we're yeah. going to see a lot of rotation, aren't we, Alex? Yeah, um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Iluko come in for Ajari at the weekend. 
and that is not necessarily a uh, down play on Ajaria, but I just think that you know I think that we'll see some rotation, and realistically, the best place to start your rotation is where you've got the most options, which is midfield. Changes would you make, if any, for Saturday, Matt? Um, I'd probably echo echo Aluko. You know, I think I think he's done more than enough to to warrant you know having a second go in the team. You know, you probably won't be starting him every week, but, you know, coming in for a rotation player, you know, absolutely. I'd probably, I know we've got a very compact schedule and it will need to be managed, but I still just think at the moment, tinkering with the team, you know, bar one or two changes, is a dangerous, dangerous game to play, I think. You know, yes, it's a balancing act at the end of the day. Um, I would probably rather just stick to a few changes each game, you know, swap swap um, uh, Ajaria out for Luco probably maybe bring Puskas in obviously given Zhao's injury record no <laughs> why maybe. would you drop Zhao no. why would you, I'm trying <laughs> to work out why you drop Zhao I've got to go there Matt I've got to ask that question the same as Alex I mean be he's real, one of the that's, top that's goal scorers happening. in the league um, he scored again tonight yeah admittedly he didn't play that brilliantly in the first half there's no doubt on that he was not good, really, but in that moment against a physical team like Rotherham, that'd be a brave call to start, George Puskas. Might, I, I might, I might, I might not be saying it for for the Rotherham game, but I'm just thinking for someone like him, if if, if we if we lose him, you know, we've seen what happens to to this team when we lose him. You know, it can be devastating, and his injury record, you know, not just with us with. Sheffield Wednesday previously is pretty poor, given he's already dislocated the shoulder this season. Um, it's not dropping him on merit, it's just rotating and no, I probably wouldn't do it for the Rotherham game but it's like like I say, it, it's it's a balancing act because, you know, we might get to you know, the, the, the 65th minute in the Blackburn game we might be, you know, 1-1 and he might end up pulling his hamstring again like he did against Fulham he's out for three months what would you have rather have been that is it's, it's it would be a tough decision to drop him but I think the in schedule list like this you've got to utilize your players because Puskas he's been he's been good when he's played you know we can still have Xiao on the bench we can bring him on probably if needed some people might not agree with it but I just I just think we need to try and try and wrap them in Cottonwall where we can, really. That's a fair point. Yeah, go on, Alex. Yeah, I think it's quite a conservative viewpoint. Like, I, you know, Zhao is our, one of our best players. You know, any player can get injured, and yes, he does have a little bit of a history of getting injured, but I think you've got to play him when you can, as mm-hmm. many games as you can, and if he gets injured, he gets injured. That's just, that's, that's football. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I... So for Saturday, I, I would say Aluko in for Ajaria, Alise out wide and Aluko in the centre, and then Estevez for Holmes might be the yeah. other one. Actually, yeah, yeah I missed out Estevez. Yeah, apart from that, I don't, don't think there's any need to make any changes, really. It's, it's great to be having this consistency of selection now, isn't it? You're thinking one or two changes, you're not thinking we have to make four changes, five changes. Kind of like the team's really got to stretch it, and that completely shows with our defensive record. I mean, we are... Very, very solid. Yeah, we're going to have a game when it goes wrong. and it, These things are going to happen over a period of 46 matches. But if we can keep that shape, 
we're going to be so hard to beat. And if you're picking up draws when you're away from home and you're picking up the wins at home, it's just so much easier, isn't it? It's enjoyable to watch because you think there's a fight in the team. But here's the moment then. What is your prediction then, Matt, for Saturday against Rotherham? I am going to go for a 2-0 win to the Royals. Alex? Um, I'll go with a one, no, nil-nil draw. Still hurting on that one. <laughs> so, what a way still, if we still, if we get a draw, we'll still be four games unbeaten at home and top of the home league table, which, you know, six months ago, if someone had told you that, I think you would have laughed in their face. So Yeah, that's true. But I'm incredibly greedy when it comes to football. And drawing nil-nil at home with Rotherham is going to bring me right down. I can tell yeah. you that. So I'm going to finish this up and wrap it up with some upbeat because Alex has just brought us down slightly there Sorry. and say that we are still top of the league and we're points clear now. We're not even joined. Bristol City always lives slightly in our shadow and I love that. So thank you for listening and uh, we'll be back on Friday with the preview show, which Alex will be hosting. And then we'll have another podcast straight after the match on Saturday. Cheers and you are.